Pull up a chair, have a seat, put your feet up, get a drink, get real super comfortable because that's how we do it around these parts, okay? But listen, I have to let you know what we're about. This podcast is inspired by my journey to take my shot. Um, I remember years ago, years ago, <laughs> um, I was lost. I didn't feel like I had a purpose. I didn't feel like um, I had anything to offer the world and I constantly knelt beside my bed and prayed and asked God, can you show me what my purpose is? And he did. And as he did, I realized when you start realizing what your gifts are, your talents are, when you start realizing the treasures, the hidden treasures that God has put on the inside of you, you take that information and you begin walking in that. And so that is what I am doing. And this podcast is a platform that I've created to document the lessons that I'm learning as I'm taking my shot at, you know, walking out my purpose. And so the first thing that I do on this podcast is I share what I'm learning. I freely share everything that I've learned so far. And then the second thing is the hope in my sharing is to inspire, encourage, and motivate you wherever you are in your purpose journey, whether you don't quite know what that is, or maybe you do know what that is, but you have allowed fear to cripple you, or, you know, maybe you are, you know what your purpose is, you're walking in it, but you just need a little bit of encouragement. I hope that this podcast is a place where you're safe haven. I hope this podcast is a place where you can find the love, the wisdom, the encouragement that you need on your journey. It certainly has been that for me, even in my speaking, even in my sharing. I found as I've spoken, the things I've learned, I've come to realize a lot of things and learn a lot of things. So I hope that that's what that is for you as well. Um, my goal and my desire is to create a community where we no longer feel alone in wherever we are in our purpose journey and that we come together and we share what we're learning along our journey and we realize that we are not alone. Um, that is the ultimate goal of this podcast. So come on in, sit down and welcome to the Take a Shot family. I am so excited about today's episode because I got to have a conversation with a pretty incredible person by the name of Erica Kimberly. Erica Kimberly is a writer, an educator, and a scholar. She is the founder of an organization called To Be Praised. And To Be Praised is an online community of women committed to learning godly womanhood together, which is pretty incredible. And then also, she is the creator and host of this really dope podcast called Show of Hands. Um, it is all about elevating the youth voices in urban spaces. And it really does do that. It really does 
elevate the voices of the youth. And I, I love that because in our culture today, we can um, be so dismissive of the voices of our youth and say, because you're young, what you're saying is not valuable. But she completely goes against that. And she gives uh, the youth a voice, a place, a safe space for them to voice their thoughts on the current happenings of the world. So it's really incredible to just hear these young minds um, and to just hear this space that she's cultivated just for them. It's really incredible. But th- this is Erica. This is what she does. She is honestly an incredible person and she freely shares her journey. She freely shares her journey to purpose. She freely shares things like how she met Diddy. She freely shares so much wisdom on this episode. And I'm so excited for you to hear it. So wherever you are in your purpose journey, I invite you to pull up a chair, relax, sit, and just enjoy as this woman just pours wisdom over us. So I'm going to get out the way and I'm going to let you listen and enjoy this conversation with the wonderful Erica Kimberly. Enjoy. If you're not familiar, this whole podcast, the reason why um, I made it was because I just, I believe that everyone has purpose. Now, I know everyone throws around the purpose word. It's the, it's the hot word of, of the day. And, and rightfully so, because um, I believe everyone should, uh, everyone has a purpose and everyone has a desire to find out what that is. Um, but it's, it's this word that's become kind of like mystified everyone's wondering what is it how do I get it um I don't know what it is so I want to ask you when you hear the word purpose what comes to mind uh when I hear the word purpose the image of a fingerprint comes to mind and I think a lot about how unique our fingerprints are to us as human beings Mm -hmm. I think that's how unique our purposes are to the world and a fingerprint is not evident to Mm -hmm. all people unless it presses up against something. And I think our purpose is a lot like that. And so all of us have a fingerprint, but unless you're touching things throughout the day, you're not leaving a mark. Oh, wow. That's good. I I really think that like all of our purposes are so intrinsic to who we are and how we are. And unless we're actively coming in contact with other things and people, our purpose can't be evident. Mm, That's good. So that just inspired me to ask what advice would you give somebody that said, how do I uh, find my purpose? What do you mean press up against uh, things every day? What do I need to do? What would you say to that person? Try everything. You know, one of the, I tell my students this all the time because they're young enough to be fearless and still have a level of optimism that I think people, you know, I'm 34. So there's times when like I may second or triple guess myself because I've been formed. But I think just do as much as possible. You know, a lot of you will never know your strengths until you're actively using them. You'll never know yeah. what's a challenge to you unless you find yourself in a situation where it's it's difficult for you to move forward. So I think people need to just do as much as possible. Mm. And we live in a culture now where everyone's thinking about monetary gain, which is cool and I get it. 
Mm-hmm. But I really believe that like volunteer work, community work, church work, the things that don't have money attached to it as an incentive Definitely. can really help you figure out what your purpose is. And even before that, like who you are and, mm-hmm. and, and how you come into this world every single day. And, and what are the things that keep you going? What are the things that people are complimenting you about? Yeah. You know, once you're out there and you're actively doing things, you'll be able to receive that energy, receive that feedback and um, also eliminate the laundry list of things, you know, you don't want to be about. Like if I didn't start volunteering at after school programs, I would never know that. Listen, math is not for me. Like engineering is not for me. There's a that's level it. of things that I know that's you're not set up for that. And that's right. Cool. Right. But because I'm not set up for that. Maybe I'm set up for these other things. That's so good. So, um, and just because you are giving nuggets already, girl, my goodness. Okay, so would you say then that it um, takes a, a level of self-awareness to know what that is, to know, to identify what your purpose is as you are moving and navigating in the world? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And people are, some people are great being self-aware, other people are not. And so, I think regardless, it's really helpful to have a notebook, a Google Doc, the notes portion of your phone and just track. I really believe in tracking your life. I believe in capturing the things that like there was a season in my life when I needed to really keep track of what people were telling me about me. Mm. So I would go do things. And like women in the church were like, you're so great at speaking. You communicate really well. I needed to have that listed somewhere, A, for the bad days, but then also as I was praying for God to clarify my purpose, I had to have some things that needed me in being somewhere. Yes, I love that. Now, even in hearing you say that, I immediately think of, I think of distractions. Like Mm -hmm. I think of, you know, that's all good and well, but it requires like focus and intentionality about your life. And I think about the the things that distract us um, that would cause us to be blind to, because I believe that God isn't a mean God and that he doesn't like dangle it in front of us and say, look, it's, you can't find it. It's right here, but you can't find it. Like, he's not mean. And I believe that it's right in front of us, but we need clarity to see it and to uncover it. But oftentimes we're so distracted by life and by our the stuff that we deal with, we're weighed down and we're bogged down and we need help, you know, just kind of clearing the fog so that we can finally see. So if somebody were to come and to say to you, you know, I want to find my purpose, but it's evident that, that there is a ton of distraction. How would you navigate them through clearing the distraction so that they could find their purpose? That's a fantastic question because I think every season of your life, you have to kind of scale back in order to scale forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so one thing that I advocate for people to do is assess what in their life are they putting more into than they're getting out. Ooh, that's distractions siphon you of your energy or your resources. Yes. 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 So even for myself, like I, tend to be one that like overcommits because I love helping people and I love like doing the thing, whatever it is. However, if you are distracted, generally it's coming from something or a few things that are not yielding as much fruit as you're actually like tilling and plowing and nurturing and seeding. Mm-hmm. So 
you have to eliminate those things because you can't really do more for yourself if you're doing more for everybody else's dreams. Oh, that's so good. So we, we tend to think, you know, oh, I need to like booked and busy. Like that's the new thing. Everybody wants to be booked and busy, which is cool, but I believe in being booked in your purpose. So if you're doing a ton of things and it's really not yielding, you're really, you're wasting the resources that God has given you. And I believe that we are not always honoring the things that God gives us because we're giving them away. Mm. And so there are things that are for the community and the collective, but there may be anointings and blessings for you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you have to get still enough to know what those things are. So as an example, like I went through a huge season in my life where I wanted to like put every woman on and I wanted to like help like establish jobs for women. I wanted to like make sure that I was like, Oh, you're going to law school. Sure. I'll help you edit your essay. And all of that was good work. It wasn't God work. Mm. And I now know the difference. So I was doing a lot of good things, but they were distractions from the things that I really needed to focus on that were aligned with my purpose. And that would have had generational increase. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. And you know, as you're speaking, what I'm thinking about is you you talk about, you know, things and booked and busy and all of that, but I'm also thinking about like actual people. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the hardest part, actual people in our lives that are, like you mentioned, draining us of our energy and that it'll be so hard to let go of the people that you love. But there comes a time where you have to sit back and reassess and say who in this season is supposed to be here and who's not. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's, that's the hardest, I think, most painful part, but very necessary because not everybody that you think is supposed to be in your life for the rest of your life is actually God sent to be there. And that's, that's the really hard part because I find um, a lot of people in a variety of relationships are holding on to relationships. That's like, baby, this is draining you. This is literally taking the life out of you. Um, so when you, when you speak about that, that's immediately what I think of. We're getting deep into this, but I have to ask you, can you introduce yourself? Who are you? Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. I'm Erica Kimberly. Um, I am a woman of God. I am um, a writer. I really entered a lot of my current endeavors through writing. Mm -hmm. I believe in the power of my voice. I believe in the purpose of my voice. And I believe that we still live in a society where Everyone doesn't have room, like formal space to speak and be heard. Mm -hmm. So I am a woman that believes in like carving out spaces. I believe in building from the ground up. I believe that the, the resources and the blessings that I have been given are absolutely required for increase. So I'm a woman that looks ahead and looks backwards simultaneously. So I'm very clear about my vision. I'm very clear about where I need to be. But I know that if there aren't people behind me, when I get there, it won't really be as impactful as it could be. So I'm strategic. I am creative. I'm conscious. Mm -hmm. 
and I'm collaborative. That is awesome. Now, um, you created to be praised and you I on your website, you mentioned that its mission is to inspire, educate and develop the leadership of women so that we can become women of God, apt to pursuing our God given purpose. So I have a couple of questions when it comes to that. The first one is, why do you believe God called you to create such a platform, especially now? Why do you why do you believe that uh, God called you to create that? And why is it needed today? So I grew up in church culture, like full disclosure. Uh, my dad is our current minister. He's been an elder and deacon. So I've been kind of in the church culture from the vantage point of leadership mm-hmm. and by being I've gone to women's events literally my whole life right like my mom mm-hmm. would bring me to events and women were like 20 30 40 years older than me and I had a lot of opportunity to sit and listen and what I noticed in all of those spaces uh, was the absence of women in their 20s and 30s mm-hmm. I think what we see now is an insurgence of young women taking the lead but like back in the day it really was about older church mothers or like little kids and teenagers and so I felt the void by being an active church member and looking to the left and right and not really seeing women my age Mm -hmm. not really hearing women speak authentically to womanhood I felt like marriage and childbearing were benchmarks of achievement yeah I don't possess any one of those things. So I wanted to have a space where I could just be a woman and not have to achieve those things to be marked as useful. Yeah. So I started to be praised really because I felt like there was a huge hole in the churches that I'm connected to. Mm -hmm. And as I visited churches outside of Connecticut, I saw how national this issue is. It wasn't just exclusive to where I'm coming from, Mm -hmm. but there are a lot of churches where they're, asking the question, how can we get young women involved? Yeah. So To Be Praised came out of really the concept of building what you want to see. And Mm -hmm. I know that I don't have any sisters in the physical sense. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't have a sister-in-law. I have a couple of aunts. They don't all live in Connecticut. So I've always craved contact with women, wisdom from women and Mm -hmm. honest conversations because I didn't have anyone really outside of my mother prepping me for the seasons ahead. Mm-hmm. And, and in a lot of ways, you know, my mom's still coming from a culture where as a woman of God and as a black woman, there's conversations like she's just learning to have. And when mm-hmm. I was 16 and I was ready to talk about certain things and I was ready for a level of transparency, there weren't women doing that. So I thought it, I thought I needed to like build it, mm-hmm. create it. And I, I just think that scripture to whom much is given, much is expected is really relevant to my life. Like I'm a very blessed person. I don't take that lightly. Mm. So by leveraging the positions that my father has had in church, I've been able to do more than maybe the woman who just came in and she's been worshiping someplace for three months. Mm. And we see the same thing, right? Like we're feeling the same way, Mm -hmm. but I may have an ear or I may have an opportunity to take the lead on something because like I'm coming from a trusted um, group of people and I've created a level of trust and integrity within myself. That's good. Now, why the name to be praised? Where did that come from? What inspired that? So that comes from Proverbs 3130. Mm -hmm. And it says a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And the context is the verse before charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. Mm -hmm. And then the next verse is, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And as I was thinking about what to name this thing, 
I knew I wanted there to be a scripture attached to it, but I, I really was thinking about what does the world say about being a woman and what does God say? What does my society teach me and how was I designed to function and exist? How was I fashioned? Mm-hmm. And really it all comes back to like being a woman who fears God because all of yeah. those external things will fade away. I'm not always going to look the way that I look now. Yeah. And I think has a level of manipulation to it. So there's all of these things that in the world is celebrated, but really it's a woman who loves God, who fears God, who is going to get the honor. And that's the type yeah. of woman that I've always wanted to be. So I just wanted a verse that could uplift all of us and help us focus on the larger goal. I love that. And as you're speaking, everything you're saying, I'm like, check, 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 check. Even from from you talking about just women in the church, you know, it's, it's either you're right. It's either really old or really young. And um, there truly is a spade today, even today, um, of just young women. Um, so I, I'm actually grateful and thankful that you answered the call. Um, and even that you incorporated into be praised you have this podcast that i think is amazing it's called show of hands and when i say i've never come across anything like it i never have because i love what you do because you you empower young women teenagers i mean from what the episodes i've listened to the teenagers and the one issue that I have um, is that we tend to, and as we get older, we tend to devalue the voices of teenagers and say, you're too young. And I don't like that. I, I genuinely don't like that. So I love how you value and you uphold their voices and you bring issues of the day and you let them give them a space for their voice to be heard. And that's so powerful because you've given them this opportunity to say my voice matters and they might not recognize the the importance of that all the way fully yet now but I'm like those are seeds that you are planting in them you know putting a microphone in front of their face now those are seeds you're planting in them now that years later you know will grow and and will cause them to be able to walk in the fullness that God has called them so thank you for that I when I say I love your podcast I really really do um how did the idea for this podcast come about Thank you. I'm so glad that like you just said all that you said, because it just sometimes when you're in the middle of the work, you don't pull out to really think about what people you know think and feel about what you're doing. So thank you, because that's a huge sense of encouragement for me. Um, so I I started this new job two years ago and it was a huge culture shift for the organization. The position was it was two roles. They consolidated it into one and hired me. So one of the people that had the position was a guy. And then the other position was an older woman. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I like to bring my energy everywhere I go. So I cleaned out the office. I started putting things on the wall. Um, definitely more minimalistic than the people before. Mm-hmm. And my first couple of months, you know, you're building relationships with young people. So they have to earn your trust and they have yeah. to feel like you're really in their corner. And so I did a lot of groundwork to just listen to them mm-hmm. and get their feedback on how they wanted their programs to run. Mm-hmm. What I realized is that the young girls would gravitate to me and they had a lot of life questions that they wanted to ask. And at first I like shunned it and I'm like, God, you know, I really want to have boundaries and I, I want to make sure that I'm not stepping outside of the role of a director to be, right. you know, too friendly. Mm-hmm. But I just felt like God kept initiating 
me to speak. I felt like Jeremiah when he said, like, I'm when I don't speak, it's like fire in my bones. And I really had to look at it from the, a different angle and say, you didn't have someone, a young black woman to go in a room with and say, hey, can you help me navigate this situation? Mm. I didn't have that. And so I thought you can be that for these other yeah, young women. That's it. And it evolved. And so they my office, everyone in the in the organization like your office is the cool spot like everybody mm. wants to come through and talk to you <laughs> like how do you get your work done I'm like I barely do mm-hmm. but I just created a physical space by being authentic to who I am I listen to people I genuinely care I'm rooting for the people in my life and so yeah. the students felt that and we were just talking one day and they asked like well Miss Erica what's your opinion on the n-word and I give them like a mini lesson. I'm like, okay, let me turn it into Professor Stanley real quick. And so right. we have this whole discussion. And then the next day they brought some other students in and they asked more questions. And that's when I realized that it could be something much more formal. Mm. And I realized the power behind their curiosity. Mm. We inform mm. children, but we don't ask them to inform us. Wow. That's good. That's good. So I thought, you know what? Mm. I had podcasts for To Be Praised before Mm-hmm. like two years ago. And I loved it, but I really felt like it was a one-sided conversation. The production, yeah. you know, I'm not an engineer, sound engineer. So I was like, okay, I want to just do the thing. I don't want to have to worry about all the back end work required. Mm-hmm. So I kept telling people at my job, I'm going to start a podcast. I'm going to start a podcast. And, you know, God is good. There was a guy that from the community, he mm-hmm. is a sound engineer and he randomly comes into the organization asking to volunteer. No one knows what to do with him. So they're like, well, Erica always has ideas. You can meet with her. And I told him about the podcast idea. Mm-hmm. And it was literally like magic. Like he got it right away. And um, I said to the girls, I want to do this podcast and I want you guys to be honest and I want you to be yourselves. So don't think that this is something that will require you to be correct. It requires you to be honest. Mm-hmm. And you know, they were game and they were shy and a little nervous, but I kept affirming them and I reminded them how necessary they are to the younger kids in the building. Mm-hmm. And now like the podcast is a big deal for everyone. Everyone knows on Thursdays we're recording this podcast. The mm-hmm. little, little kids, they are fascinated. They want to come in and try on the mm-hmm. headphones and sit in front of the microphone. And so wow. I think it really just started from me giving that room in my office, like a real physical room saying, I own this space, but I'm willing to share it with you. That's good. That's good. And another thing I love is your passion for the youth is clearly evident. And um, it's evident not only in this podcast, but also in your educational pursuits. Um, So correct me if I'm wrong, but are you still pursuing the doctorate doctorate of education degree in organizational leadership is that so yeah so (laughs) congratulations um and also your program director as you've mentioned of an after-school program in connecticut so why this passion like was this something that you've always had in you or it was it that as you stepped out um you started finding like you said that people were coming to you that you were having favor and and you were able to speak into these kids lives what um inspired this passion i would say my my own life's trajectory mm-hmm. and then always coming in contact with people that had similar stories so i was a young person who 
wanted to take the lead and was marginalized. And I, at 16, I led my first ladies Bible class and it was a hassle to do it because people, you know, you're too young, you don't know anything. Yeah. And, you know, and this is why Paul had to tell Timothy, let no one despise your youth, yeah. right? Because mm-hmm. people will. Yes, and they will. I felt very frustrated with all of that. And I just come from people who pushed me and believed in me. And really a lot of my grit and strength as a woman comes from my dad because my dad, like, always encouraged me to be strong, always encouraged me to stand up, always encouraged me to speak. And my mom taught me how to be graceful and honest. And she taught me how to be um, smart and beautiful mm-hmm. and not in like wow, a physical way, but like a beautiful person. And yeah. I fought forward, you know, to, to be a leader. And I realized when I was speaking at a PTSO meeting or a board of education meeting and I'm 17 or Mm -hmm. I'm like correcting a church camp director because they're doing something that's out of order. You know, I always found myself at the front line on issues. And when I really started doing that outside of church spaces, I would meet people Mm -hmm. and it began to feel strategic and and strategic by God and not coincidental. You know what I mean? Like you you realize while I'm meeting a lot of the same people and a lot of the young people that I know feel this way and feel like they have something to offer and no one's listening. Mm. So the passion became much more formal when I looked at like my life as a writer. I had been studying writing and I started mentoring at a boys and girls club and I was a writing mentor Mm -hmm. And in that moment, I thought there's the passion side of this, but then there's the practical side of it. And I need to just bring my life into fullness and stand Mm -hmm. in the midst of both of these things or all of these things. Mm -hmm. So I helped my mentee with writing. I helped her with a resume. We talked about college. We talked about her purpose. We talked about her passion as a writer, as a singer. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I think it started to coalesce and I quit a corporate job that felt comfortable for a lot of the unknown aspects of nonprofit, knowing and believing that for every space, there was going to be another Erica Kimberly. There would be a young person that wanted so much out of life. And there probably were people around them just not sharing resources or paying attention. So again, just standing in the gap and, and really figuring out ways to do it. This is a world we live in. We have to have some type of credentials and some type of experience and so I'm doing that formally while I do it just naturally. That's awesome. Now you did mention I, I have to go into this a little bit that you quit your corporate job. Um <laughs> yeah. And I was like I don't want to I don't want to glaze over that. You quit your corporate job to start a nonprofit. Can you expand on that? Um what that experience was like, when and why? So I quit I I joined a startup nonprofit. Okay. Um I so I, I come from people who believe in working and making money, right? Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. I believe Absolutely. people should work and people should make money. Yes. But for me, it's very hard to work senselessly or, you know, just without that deeper purpose. And so I was working a job and yeah, you know, I got a raise, I had bonuses. Mm-hmm. I just didn't feel like I was actually making an impact on anything. Mm. And some people can do that and shout out to people who can. I became unrested 
And this is where I think, again, back to your earlier question about like your purpose, mm-hmm. when you're not living in your purpose, you will feel unrested. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that unrest is really what I believe is God causing you to get into purpose. Right. And if you're too comfortable, you're never going to do it. So I just began to feel very, very unrested. Um, the job served a purpose. But when I got close to graduation, I was working full time, going part time for my master's. I got close to graduation and I said, you're going to have to make a change because you haven't invested in your education to be miserable. Mm. There really is no area of growth here. Mm-hmm. And if you've been praying for things, you need to believe that God is going to answer it. So the transition was scary. I took a pay cut. I didn't really think that through. So I always tell people to think your finances through when you want to transition and you want to move from one space to the next or one industry to the next. But that non the initial nonprofit that I worked for was very small Mm -hmm. I got a ton of experience outside of the role that I was hired for. Mm -hmm. I was able to build a name for myself in the community that raised me. And I wasn't just a student, a former student of the schools. I now was a community leader. Mm, And so it was scary. I'm not going to lie. Like the real honest truth about it is I cried many nights and I thought that was the dumbest thing that I had ever done. And I regretted it until I saw some of the fruit. And I remember having a meeting at the library and there were a bunch of grandmothers that showed up and they were raising their children's children. Mm. And this one woman said to me, I am so inspired by you. And I thought in that moment, I'm uncomfortable, but I'm in purpose. So like, I'll take the discomfort, but for someone older than me to be inspired by me, yeah. That was just crazy, you know, and she talked about wanting to go back to school and she said, you know, you are a woman that has accomplished so much and I want to show my grandbabies that I can do it. And wow, that's when I knew like, what is, what's money when you like the money will come. That's what I really thought, you know, like this is priceless. Yeah. um, The transition, like I said, it wasn't easy, but once I really started to believe in myself, because I couldn't just believe in my money, I found out how strong I was and how capable I was. And everyone should do that at least once in their life. And I know it sounds crazy, but like if you are in a situation and you're listening and you're, you know that there's more for you, Mm -hmm. allow the birthing pains to push you out of the comfort zone that you're in, because there's something on the other side that will have huge gains for you but more gains for other people and it's just that's increased like that's the that's the purpose and the power of increase that's awesome thank you so much for that oh now when creating and you've done a a lot of incredible things but a lot of the time when we're stepping out and we're we're trying to build and create and 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 do these incredible things we encounter fear um, whether it be fear of success, fear of failure, fear of rejection, you know, fear has its, its many different, um, forms and layers. Um, what kind of fears did you face and how did you overcome them? That is so cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what kind of fears did I face? I think initially I faced the, the traditional fear of failure. I thought okay. I 
would not be able to attain the lofty, ambitious dreams and goals that I had. Mm-hmm. I'm not someone that thinks small. I like when I have an idea, I'm always like, yeah, I'm going to be the owner of this or I'm going to start a school or like I'm always like at the highest level of whatever the idea is. Right. So I think I've all I started out with a fear of, of failure mm-hmm. and then embedded in that was like a fear that no one would respond or listen mm. because I had experienced a lot of silencing early on in my life. Mm-hmm. And I had to combat that in a major way. Like I had to do a lot of self work to believe that the things that I wanted to project into the world would magnetize the people who needed them. Mm. And that's not easy. That's a lonely work. Yes, it is. <laughs> and so I say that because, you know, there are people who are like, I say community happy and I'm actually writing a book and there's a chapter that's about this. You can be in community, but there's seasons in your life when it's you and you. Yeah. And if you can't sit with you, you can't sit with people. Oh, that, oh, whoa. Wait up. Wait. Oh, Jesus. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that was the word right there. Wow. 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 That's a fact. And I see so many people that want to sit with other people as an escape of sitting with themselves. And that that is not going to help you and it's not going to bless anybody else. So I had to sit with myself in a season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just like the earth has seasons, you yeah. know, the Bible talks about Jesus went somewhere for a season. Paul went to Asia for three years before having missionary journeys and planting churches. There are times when you have to be somewhere. by yourself emotionally or even physically to undo the things that have been done. So you can operate in a spirit of truth and authenticity. And so facing the fear of thinking no one would want to receive was real work. Mm -hmm. And I just don't want anyone to think like, oh, it's just you follow your dreams and it's going to be so awesome. No, like it's a lot of undoing, reprogramming, Mm -hmm. um, reading self-help books, listening to podcasts, praying, fasting. Like there's a lot that needs to be done to get you to the point of strength. So you're conquering your fears. Um, And then I think like another fear that I've that I've had probably more recently is just like the fear of not using my time wisely. Mm. And the older you get, the more you realize, like, I'm actually not going to be in my prime forever. Mm. So now I have the fear of wasting my time. And that's a much more healthy fear. It helps me say no. It helps me establish boundaries. It helps me be honest about who I want to collaborate and who I don't want to collaborate with. You know, and like there are other people that are like, hey, come on my podcast. And I'm like, no, thank you. And it's no shade towards them. I just know my value. And I also know what I want as a response. When you sit with yourself, it's easier for you to understand where your yes and your no needs to be because time is truly of the essence. Wow. Wow. You're literally like hitting me over the head with, (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, wait, let me process. It just keeps coming at me. Wow, that is so true. And you know what's so funny? I keep thinking about the times in my life where I, you know, I was alone, and I and it was it was a painful time. I'm not even, you know, like you talk about. It was a painful time. It was a lonely time, but it was it was a needed time because out of that came clarity out of that came a strength that I did not know that I had I did not know that I had that strength out of that came a 
desire for, okay, God, show yourself because you're all I got, you know, um, out of that came so much. And so when people are afraid to be alone and to wrestle with those things within themselves that they know is a problem and they keep running away from, I'm like, I know this is scary and I know this is this is the last thing that you want to do, but you need to face this head on um, and, and be with yourself and center yourself in order so that you can step out. So when you step out, you are of better service to the world around you. And so that you recognize that it is not about you, that your purpose, that everything that is in you is not about you. Like you talk about so often, um, it is about the people that you've been called to. And, but you, you won't know that when you are so, you know, focused on yourself, focused on your distractions and not willing to be alone to deal with this stuff. So that was so good. So good. I was on your Instagram and I saw a picture mm-hmm. and it was with Diddy. And I was like, wait a minute, scroll up, scroll down again. That's Diddy. Wow. Okay, so how did that, because I'm thinking, how in the world did that come about with what you're doing? So please, how did that come about? But then also, I did read the caption, and one thing that really captivated me was you said, you said in the caption that you got, you get a lot of shade for going hard. You've been called ambitious, too much, extra, but too often we hear that a lot. We hear you're too ambitious, you're too much, you're too extra. You don't have to do all that. So can you talk a little bit about when you heard those things and how did you deal with that and process that to overcome that and then end up talking to a king, you know, in the spaces with the king? How Can you talk a little bit about that? Um, Absolutely. I I encountered a lot of those phrases from other women. Mm. And again, this is where like we have to be real. Yeah. A lot of times when people tell you things like that, it's because they don't want you to surpass them. Mm. And I internalized that in such a negative way when I was in my teens and in my early 20s because I thought there was something wrong with me when really I was around people that were comfortable living a life of mediocrity. Mm, and my mm, ambition really made them uncomfortable because they would then be more visible mm-hmm. as just wanting nothing or wanting little. Mm-hmm. So that's why you have to check the source. I always look at people's lives. I look at their livelihood. And that's mm-hmm. not just monetarily, just the quality of somebody's life. And that's now how I decipher what people tell me. I'm still told that I'm too ambitious. You know, I told someone recently I'm going to start an all girls school and they're like, oh, my gosh, how are you going to do that? Mm-mm. It's Mm-mm. too much. It's too much for you. It's not too much for me. Right. Oh, come on. Yes. <laughs> so we have to get that straight. And again, those seasons of loneliness, those seasons of silence, you will be able to speak to yourself more positively and step out of it, knowing exactly who you are and knowing when to shun those kinds of comments. But I received a lot of that from women. Um, I received that from men who mm. liked the idea of wanting to be with me, but Ooh. couldn't handle the reality of it. Baby, you are going there. Okay. You know, because you can't be yoked with somebody that you're saying is too much because clearly that means you're not enough. Yes. Oh, wow. 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 Okay. And, and now like looking at my life now and looking at the people in my life now, I've been able to 
rest because I'm surrounded by people who don't tell me those things. Yeah. Everyone in my life now, and this is strategic and it's by design. Mm -hmm. Like there are people that would never say I'm too much. They believe in what I'm capable of. They know my work ethic. They know my passion. They know that if I say I want it, I'm going to get there someday. Mm -hmm. And so when you're ambitious, you're going to come in contact with negative people. That negativity is coming from inside of them. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that's not you. And we have to do a better job, to your point, with the younger generation, putting that microphone in front of their faces, essentially my way of saying, I have a passion and a desire to hear you. And nothing you could say is too much. Yeah, that's so good. Because we need to start countering the narrative among um, young women, but I really young women of color. I think especially yeah. we need to be much more deliberate. Um so I've always been ambitious. I've always had things that I've, I've wanted to lofty dreams that I've wanted to accomplish. I remember it was around the time that I actually, I had a huge shift and I was on a plane and I was flying to Atlanta and I was praying and I was crying as I was praying. And I was like asking God to help me get over to the other side. And I remember being very deliberate with my words. And I'm like, Lord, just as this plane took off in one city it is going to land in another and I need my life to take off from this point. Yeah. And I need you to bring me to the other side. And so I began to talk to myself differently Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I began to talk to myself more confidently. Yeah. My brother and I watched the can't stop, won't stop documentary. Mm -hmm. And you know, I love Diddy. I've always loved Diddy. I was a young girl into all of that. The little Kim era, you know, me being Erica Kimberly, I thought we were connected with the name and I was the only girl in the neighborhood. So I had to do all the lyrics while the guys rap. Like I was heavy into bad boy as a kid. Right, right. And I remember watching that documentary and me and my brother were talking about it. And I was like, this man had such a strong and acute self-belief. Yeah, yeah. That it truly did not matter what his circumstances were because he willed those people into his life by his energy. Mm. And I said to my brother, I'm like, I am now on my Diddy level. And we laughed about it and we joked about it. And I just kept telling myself, Erica, you've got to make Diddy moves. Mm. You have to be next level. You need to look the part, talk the part. You need to speak those things into your life. So let me tell you how the power of your mind works. Mm. We as an organization have an annual gala, huge fundraiser. It funds a lot of our summer initiatives for young people across the city to ensure that they have academic and social resources. Mm-hmm. So everyone in the office is like, oh, my gosh, we need a guest speaker. Who's going to be the speaker? We're going to need to award somebody and blah, blah, blah. When the executive director pulled me aside and she goes, you know, I think we're going to try to get Sean Diddy Combs. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even shocked. Wow. 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 I was like. Yes. Yes, we are. And she goes, well, I don't know, because someone who works for Sean Enterprise served on our board. So we had a direct line and it was I said, we'll do it. And She's like, I don't know. You know, this is like a very high level person. But I knew what I was willing into my life. Yeah. Yeah. So I knew that that would happen. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And so when it was confirmed again, I wasn't like all over the places ecstatic. I was like, Erica, you need a game plan because mm-hmm. there are going to be millionaires in this room mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you need to go and speak to that man. So what's what's the strategy going to be? So true to like leadership, 
self-belief, I made a strategy. I just kept telling people. I literally spoke it into the world. And I said, I'm going to meet him and I'm going to shake the hand of a billionaire. Yes, come on. Yes. People laughed at me. You know, staff people like, no, you're going to be working the event. I said, let me tell you something. That day, I am going to be working the room to meet Diddy. I am not going to be working. And so, again, knowing what's in your head and knowing what you are capable of is absolutely all you need to get the result. Because other people had the spirit of fear, timidity. Oh, I don't know if we're going to be able to. I don't this. I don't that. Yeah. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. I wasn't like absorbing that. So I told this one specific woman who's a volunteer and she's a very much older lady, very nice, huge champion of me and my young leadership, which I appreciate. Mm -hmm. So I got dressed like I was going to meet Diddy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I prepped myself in the car. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was like, Erica, put some lotion on your hand because this hand is going to go back to you Mm -hmm. a different way. Mm-hmm. And when his car pulled up and he got out, I thought maybe I should try to do it now. But people were swarming around him. So I went on the opposite side. Like the we had it at a, um, a golf course. So I went on the opposite side. And by the time I got in, he was being escorted to a table. And I saw him talking to the lady who is a champion of me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she is a woman who has made room for my voice Come at on. some of our board table meetings, some of the, the marketing committee meetings. So I went up to her and she goes, Erica, I was just talking about you. And wow. I kid you not, Stop I kid it. this wow. is the life that you have to believe you, you are destined to live. Yes. Right. This is not you have to, and I believe that I am designed to live and exist in a certain type of space. Mm-hmm. So I had to believe that before the moment ever came. And she introduced me to this man and she said all of the things I wanted to say. And so when the Bible says that let your good works be said of you, mm-hmm. I didn't have to give him my rundown because the, here's this woman who's a person of peace. God used her so strategically. She Mm -hmm. is telling Sean Diddy Combs, who I love and who I will forever love, all the things that I do for the youth. And she said, if there's anyone in this room that loves these young people, it's Erica. And she made sure that they did a video tribute to you. And he looked me dead in the face. He was just like, I'm so excited to meet you. I can't wait to see this video. And I just felt in that moment, the f- like I was living in the fullness of my design. And I don't know if that makes sense, but th- I think there's moments in our life where we feel like everything is right. I am in purpose. I am in alignment. I am in the right mindset, in the mm-hmm. right room. Mm-hmm. This is supposed to be happening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was just incredible. And we, you know, I had my students do um like a song and a video and he loved it. He thought it was super cool. It was just amazing. There was like the richest person in Connecticut was there. Like it was one of the craziest moments of my life. We raised one point. I think it was like $3 million that night. Wow. Um, it was just really, I think, just wild. Every time I think about it, it's wild. Every time I look at that picture, I'm like, I can't believe that happened, but I can believe it happened. Mm-hmm. And imagine if I would have stayed in that cubicle mm-hmm. and never stepped out. That's so good. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, that's the that's the thing. And so if I would have stayed in that cubicle, I would have never empowered young people. I would have never. Yes. My leadership oh. would have never been strengthened. Oh. I would have never like 
when my kids knew they were making a video for Diddy, let me tell you something. They brought it. Every yes. pumped about it. They were on time. A local um, videographer came. He shot the video for free. I mean, just everything fell into alignment. And I thought these things are happening because I have faith like a mustard seed. Yes. Oh, my God. So God is good. And he's so faithful. And like there's other things that even now that are happening in my life as a byproduct of that moment. Yeah. So this is about like my mantra is focus forward you have to fail forward. You need to always just be thinking about the forward motion of your life because one moment of willingness and obedience truly builds on a moment that you can't see yet. Yeah. So I'm just thankful I said yes to a lot of things. I'm thankful. Even like the job. I remember when I was about to take this job, people were like, oh, are you sure you're going to do it? And I said, yeah, again, stepping out on faith. If I would have never said yes to this job, I would have never had an opportunity to meet Diddy and I would have seen it on social media so upset. <laughs> that like I did say yes to the position. So wow, you, uh, I'm trying. I got you. Okay, come on. I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta gather myself because you just like, oh my goodness. But you, you literally just embody exactly why I started this podcast. You took your shots, <laughs> like you yeah. stepped out from your cubicle job to to answering the call to crying because it wasn't pretty crying every night thinking I made a mistake to to hearing other people affirm you to to uh, praying and saying I've got to get out of this to speaking life over yourself to learning faith and working faith and then to meeting this person that you has been in your heart for you to meet to meeting this person that you have been longing for to I mean there's so so much that you have just given us thank you like you embody that so thank you so much for sharing that because that has really blessed me and I know that it's blessing the listener right now so thank you thank you thank you um now I mean you've already done a lot of incredible things but like you just said you want to build a school which I think is phenomenal because if you are making this impact now I am so excited to see the impact you make when you build your school. Like if you are doing this now, when your school, when that comes to life, to reality, I am so excited to see the lives and the generation of, of, of lives that you'll impact from your school. So uh, you mentioned that. What else do you have in store for To Be Praised? for your podcast and anything else? Where do you see yourself in five years, in 10 years? Oh my gosh. Um, in five years, I definitely think for show of hands specifically, um, I have an idea. I don't want to give all of it away, but I have an idea just to involve more young people. Um, mm-hmm. I think that where I am right now in Connecticut is an interesting place economically, there's a huge wealth gap here that definitely impacts the public schools. But I know that like if we were to travel up 95, we'd be able to have similar conversations, but different. So I'm all about cross community conversations, getting young people to realize that they're more similar than different Mm -hmm. because um, we're all facing, they're all facing the same thing, whether you're going to a public school that's in a city or a public school that's in a rural space, generally like you're facing a lot of the same issues. And then also young people are still in a space in life where they generally all have the same desires. 
for their future. They all want to be successful. They all generally want a family. They want to be happy. Mm-hmm. Life hasn't done to them what it's done to many of us. Yeah. So I want to create a much larger platform for show of hands. And I want to have a much larger impact with young people from spaces outside of the one that, that we started the podcast with. And then for To Be Praised, I see I'm working on a book now and it's been a long time coming, but I definitely see a storefront. Um, You know, I have merch, so I want to have like a bona fide business. I want to have more books coming out. Mm -hmm. I want to sell more merchandise. I want to hire women. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm very strategic about that. Even in my line of work professionally, I believe that there's a lot we can do for one another. Mm -hmm. I see to be praised taking a national approach, obviously after I do like some more regional work. Right. Um, So yeah, I see, I definitely see to be praised as like a faith-based lifestyle brand. Mm -hmm. I don't, I think that there's a lot of extremes. So there's a lot of lifestyle stuff. There's a lot of like, faith-based stuff but I really believe in like coming to life as the whole woman so I know when I go to events I want to talk about being a woman of faith in my work and a woman of faith in relationship and a woman of faith you know like in my church and and I want to be able to create spaces where women are able to just be who they are and how they are and not have to dissect I guess like our attributes particularly when it comes to our faith because I think our faith is is why we do what we do in the world so yeah it makes a lot of sense to be cohesive in that nature. And then just as a woman, I mean, hopefully in five years, let's see, I'll be married. Mm-hmm. I'm going to speak life over that. Yes. Um, I really only want to have one child. Let's see if the Lord will bless that because I, I want to focus on raising one amazing human being mm. and then still doing a lot of the work that I know God wants me to do. Mm. That's and, interesting. Do you mind yeah. if I ask, do you mind if I ask why only one child? I want to raise a child with a lot of my focus and attention on that child. And I and I also like I don't think I would want to like forsake the work that I do, but so I want to be an active parent and I want to make sure that I can give a kid a lot of attention and a lot of love. So my mom always like begs, please, you should have three or four kids. I don't really feel like that's something that I'm called and purpose to do. Okay. Um because like to be honest like my students text me on mother's day wow you know and that's the level of like love and intentionality i bring to my work and if i'm already doing those things you know i don't see how Got i would stand with to have four kids like i Got really yeah. i don't see how that's possible so it's different for everyone yeah. and i think you know back to purpose knowing what god has already entrusted to you knowing that the scripture teaches us to guard what's been entrusted to us. Mm-hmm. I think the best way for me to do that is to be honest about the level of impact I'm allowed to have. And that's different than like a mom who may be a stay at home mom and has four kids. That's mm-hmm. her level of impact. And that's her call. I don't necessarily think that's a call that's over my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm OK with that. Okay. You know? And then it's just practical. Oh, you know, I think I can try. We could like, you know, I want to be able to ensure that my child has their future academically very mapped out. And um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, I could be wrong. We could circle back in like five years and we could do another podcast and maybe I have three kids running around. I doubt it. Right. But, you know, right. but I, I love it, though. I do want to ask you a question. And um, this isn't this is going off script here, but 
Um, you mentioned earlier, um, if I can, now you let me know if this is something you don't want to go into. I completely understand. But you mentioned earlier uh, about a love and um, a situation, not, not particularly your situation, but if somebody says, you know, you're too much and tries to, you know, kind of dumb you down. Um, that you would say, okay, well, you know, I'm too much for you, you know, something in that regard. So I wanted to talk to you about being this woman uh, of faith, this woman of strength and going after clearly everything that God has for you and growing and evolving. Clearly, you can't just be with anybody. So how, <laughs> have, like, really, so how has um, dating, especially being a woman of purpose, how yeah. has dating been for you? Um, how have you been able to kind of, you know, cause there's a lot of, you know, bums out here. So how have you been <laughs> able to, you know, discern like, you know, and how have you been able to keep your peace? Um, because it, you know, it's lonely out here when you're, you're really, you know, doing the work it's lonely out here. And oftentimes you can find yourself saying, you know, it would be nice to have someone come alongside you know, and, and work this with me. So how have you been able to navigate that and keep your peace and stay focused on purpose? And what has dating been like for you? And what tips would you have for women of purpose out there who realize I can't be attached to just anybody? So I'm intentional about who I'm with. What tips would you give that woman? That's a lot of questions. If you need me to remind you, I will, but. Um, okay, I might, I might. Um, so how has it been? I would say that it, it was rough for a while. And this is actually kind of interesting. We're talking about this because I generally don't talk about things like this, but I now think it's actually very helpful. When I was in my early 20s, mm-hmm. again, when you're in church culture, it's like a lot of people kind of began serious relationships. And I just was not one of those people. Mm-hmm. And I, again, took that very personal. Mm. And I thought, like, what in the world is wrong with me? Mm -hmm. And my dad would always say what you said, like, you have a purpose and God can't put you with just anybody. But, you know, when you're young and in age and in faith, you're like, okay, And like, it just didn't resonate the way that I think it should have. And then there were men who wanted to date me, but they were very ambitious lists. Mm. Now, I'm not going to say they weren't successful. Mm, mm, mm. Okay. Okay. So we can get into this. Yeah. You can be ambitious. Yeah. And not necessarily have the success just yet. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. But I also believe there are people who are successful who are not ambitious. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. I'm not going to throw too many people out there, but I remember this one particular person, you know, man of God, but not really in love with God. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. So. That I thought was interesting. Master's degree, great your job. But for all intents and purposes, he was successful. He wasn't ambitious because look, fast forward, he's still set up the way he was set up then. Wow. Oh, wow. Wow. So this is why I believe that we have to, again, go through some of those seasons of separateness. Yeah. Right. That biblical word sanctification, we need to be set apart. And when you're set apart and you're set aside, you know, you have to be able to sit with yourself. And I had to ask myself some serious questions because I was asking my own self, why are you desiring to be with someone? 
Like, is this you or is this God? Like, is this something that is a God passion or is this just like you wanting to like chill with somebody, cuddle with somebody, Mm -hmm. have fun with somebody? Mm -hmm. And I had to get honest about where some of my desires were coming from. And I also had to get honest about the reality that, listen, some of the men that were pursuing me weren't pursuing the things that I was pursuing. Mm. That's really why it could not have worked out. If you're pursuing a woman who's purpose-driven and you're not purpose-driven, that yeah. will only work for so long. Yeah, yeah. Because you'll get tired of her. And even women, if you're pursuing men that are like Devon Franklin type of men and you are not self-aware, you yeah. don't have to focus. He is not going to be able to like receive your love and affection for a long period of time. Yeah. So. I had to get honest. Um, my friend who is, I mean, I've known her for like 20 years. We've gone to church camp together. We've worshiped together. I thank God for her because she and I were in the same space mm-hmm. and we did a lot of fasting. And when you fast, God will activate in a completely different way. Right. And he will show you some things about you. When you worried about everybody else, God is like, come, come back over here for a second. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let, let, let's get a real honest look at you. Mm-hmm. And he stripped me of a lot of Erica. Mm. He stripped me of a lot of the things that I built my confidence on. Mm. Mm. And he had to show me, listen, if you want to be with someone, again, you have to be with yourself in the self that I'm making, the, the image of me in you. Wow. Okay. That was hard. Mm-hmm. Because again, you know, I'm... Oh, I won a poetry prize. I graduated master's with a 4.0. I did, you know, that that's not relationship stuff. You can't be in a serious relationship with those benchmarks. Those are not things that unite you in spirit with another person. The image of God mm-hmm. is what will unite me because I'm fashioned in his image. Yeah. Yeah. So I need to be fully in that image. And I felt like I was living in two spaces. So it really came down to a, a Erica thing. Mm-hmm. And um, I decided like I didn't want to talk to people just to, I'm like, I'm not going to talk to any dudes just to be talking. I'm not going to go on dates just to go on dates. Like I had to just stop pursuing mm-hmm. and just rest. Mm-hmm. And I did a lot of praying and fasting. So then fast forward, I would say when I got clear on being who I was going to be and what I felt like my overall God purpose was, it became much easier to navigate the dating space because you then know, listen, if my desire is to be speaking at ladies events, talking Mm -hmm. to 400 people, Mm -hmm. you know, I need to be with a man that has a high level of security. I need to be who like understands that values that. So what I did was I wrote out a list And I know people talk about writing lists, but my list was more Erica centered. Right. It said right on the top of it, it says, write the vision, make it plain. And I wrote it in 2014, I think. Mm -hmm. And so all the things that I listed were spiritually minded. If I am, I will know it says something like, I'll know that he's my husband if, and then it says like, he is passionate, supportive and encouraging of to be praised. Mm. And I had to list those things out. Why? Because in my season of praying and fasting, in my season of being alone, God had revealed so much to me. And I noticed that everything was coming back to certain things. So how could I be with a man that thinks to be praised is a fly by night dream? And that's my God given purpose. Mm, mm. God is not going to send you somebody that's taking you out of his purpose. That's it. That's it. You know, how can I be with someone 
if I wrote certain things about my family, honoring my father, respecting my father, wanting to build a relationship with the man who raised me. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you do, if someone's coming into your life and this man is insecure and, you know, he wants to be the head and he can't bow down, you know, not bow down physically, but, you know, like respect yeah. relationships, how right. is that going to work with, like, I'm a child of a man who, you know, leads a flock. So we're yeah. going to have to have some type of order. So yeah. I had to get really clear about who I am, not who I want it to be, mm-hmm. um, who God has designed me to be and believe in faith that if it was in fact God's will for me to be with someone, mm-hmm. they would fall into those pillars that God had established in my life. Mm. And too often I find like women of God shifting the needle to fit things into their life when really yeah. it's a puzzle piece. Like God is going to bring the right person in this super cliche, but I think it's very true. Yeah. And so, you know, now like I'm in a very healthy relationship, a very happy relationship. And it hit me recently. I was like, wow, I wrote that list. And that was actually the year that I met him. Wow. We were work friends. We were regular, you know, it was like, you know, someone who's determined, strong work ethic, someone who will grind out. So so I, you know, because that's who I am. So now like working laptop to laptop with somebody, he's not going to say, hey, why are you, you know, doing another blog or why are you sending out a newsletter? He gets it. He gets it. So My tips for young women, one is like, don't compromise your values, but don't minimize who you are. When you walk in fullness, Mm -hmm. it will scare people off, which is good. Mm -hmm. Mm. We we flip that too many times, but that's a good thing. When a man looks at you and recognizes that you're not the type of woman he can handle, that's a blessing. Yeah, that's good. But, you know, you just have to believe that if God designed you, he designed a counterpart for you because you're designed to be a helpmate. And so... Being with someone who like gives speeches and he's like, babe, like, what do you think? How do you think this sounds like I can help because I'm designed to do that? Yeah, that's good. So it just makes sense. That's so good. Thank you for that. That's so, 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 so good. I mean, we it's already <laughs> an hour and I still have some more things to ask you. Um, so, OK, so I had your beautiful writer. I looked at some of your work and I pulled three articles, portions of three articles that I wanted to discuss, but I'm just going to just cut that down to one just because we are, time is way spent. But um, I do want to talk about this article, Focus Forward Part Two. Um, By the way, I love that you use um, everything kind of forward, like focus forward, failing forward. I, I actually really love that. And a part of this article, Focus Forward Part 2, How Do We Know the Way? Um, I pulled this because I, I was really inspired by the words and I wanted you to um, expound a little bit uh, on this. And you say, when we look back over the years of our lives, we can see so much more, so much more now than we ever could when we walk forward step by step. Forward is a process, a steady one. And too often we grow tired and frustrated because we want to be there already. But where is there? We were created to desire a yearning embedded within us that pulls forward even when we're afraid to go there. Step by step, when we realize, like Peter, we're walking on unfamiliar territory, we get scared and doubt and ask ourselves, am I going the right way? And I pulled this because it's it's for the person that's like, I'm taking my step, I'm taking my shot, I'm taking a step of faith. And I want you to speak to who you were um, years ago 
when you quit that job at that cubicle and you were crying every night that when I read this, I think about what you said then. So I want you to speak to that, Erica, um, for whoever is that Erica listening right now and, and speak to her. And with the questions that she may ask, am I going the right way? How do I know that this is the way? I just want you to speak to her. So, um, yeah, I would say that anyone in that situation, as I was truly has to rest in the process, you know, step by step, maybe minute by minute, day by day, month by month. And too often we live in a mindset of destination instead of journey. So I was so destination driven. I wanted Mm -hmm. to be great to have X amount of viewers or women enrolled, or I wanted to speak at events that had, that was the destination I had set in my mind instead of enjoying the journey. And you know, you're going the right way when you truly are operating in faith. Mm -hmm. We're afraid of faith, but like without faith, it is impossible to please him. Mm -hmm. We don't understand that. So like you need when you're operating in faith, that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. Then you should always feel a little uncomfortable and unsure of unsure of things, but always sure of your ability. Mm. I needed to understand that I had the ability. My circumstances are always going to change. And I had to get clear, Erica, whether it's a cubicle or a nonprofit organization with five employees, are you great at communicating? Are you good at writing? Are you good at being organized? Are you good at project management? Right? Like I can take those skills anywhere. Therefore, I have to have the faith that right now I can use those tools to be successful, Mm. even if I'm uncomfortable. Mm, I struggled with that, you know, and now I'm just like, there's this Jay-Z lyric where he's like, put me anywhere on God, God's green earth. I'll triple my worth. Now I get it. Right. Cause like, you know who you are. So whether you're yeah. in or whether you're that's in, good. like, I'm going to get it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So Probably. that's what that's I mean. Good. Yeah. I need, I needed that. And I hope that people who are listening really just rest in the process. And like Peter, imagine he got so fearful instead of looking around and saying, look at the view that I have that I would not have had if I was still in the boat. Mm -hmm. That's so good. It's so funny because, and as you're talking, I'm reminded of um, just, I was, I literally was sitting at work and it just, you, you know, when you know something in your, in your head, but you haven't quite got it in your heart yet. Mm -hmm. And it finally clicked. Um, when I, cause I was the same way, just kind of like, God, you, you know, there's so many things you've put on my heart, so many things that I feel called to, and th- my life doesn't resemble what you called me to. And oftentimes in doing what I know you've called me to do, um, this is lonely and this is hard and I, I see nothing. I, I don't see you know, what you've promised me. And, um, I finally just as sitting there processing, I finally got it. And I was like, I trust that I I get that instead of looking for exactly what you just said, I get instead of looking forward and first of all, believing that it's going to happen because you said it's going to happen and that it's not my responsibility to, to try to figure out when, but to stay faithful and to enjoy where I am right now and to make a conscious decision. Like you just said that it's about the journey 
and to be thankful about the journey and to be thankful that, you know what, last season I was struggling with this and dealing with this and now I'm in a different season and things are a lot better. And not only that, I I know that I'm going to get to where you called me to be before right now, instead of looking, always looking ahead, I'm learning to be content with this place, learning to be content with, I know God's going to do it. So let's settle that. Let, let's just settle that right now. Like, it's going to happen, but I'm grateful for where I am right now. And I thank you. And I thank you. Even I was, I was sitting and I was like, God, I thank you for the nose. I thank you for the not yet. I thank you for the, um, for calling me to do things that I was like, I'm too scared to do that. I'm not able to do that. I, what are people, I thank you for pushing me anyway to do those things because, because you've done that. I see a me that I didn't even know qualities I didn't even know that I had so when you say that I think about that and um, definitely is encouraging to me I want to end um, asking your I mean you've already given so much um, but I just wanted to ask this for anyone that is inspired by your journey and says you know I want to do what Erica is doing like I feel um, connected. I feel like, you know, a lot of things that she's doing, I want to do. I've had ideas like to be praised. Um, I value the voice of the youth. How can somebody who says, I want to follow in your footsteps, how, what are some, what's some advice that you would give them? Um, where could they possibly start? Definitely start with healing on your end, because when you lead people, you don't want to lead out of your own scarcity or right. your own pain. And I know that sounds like something people should know. I still find that to be an aspect, particularly with younger people, like people 40 and, and younger. Mm-hmm. I think there's um, still a lot of self-work that we can do. So I advocate for Absolutely. people to go to therapy, um, get a mentor, because mm-hmm. if you want to give, you have to have a place where you can receive. Yeah. And you don't want to be caught giving and receiving in the same you know, space, right? Like I, I give to my students, but I can't expect them to hold the weight of my grown woman problem. So that's good. I have to make sure that I have myself cared for and that I'm in um, safe spaces for my own development. Mm -hmm. I would, in a more practical sense, like advise them to, to find spaces to first serve. Okay. Leadership is fantastic, but the greatest among you will be your servant. Mm. And I believe that that's true. I believe that serving is the greatest way for you to grow as a person because it requires humility before it requires honor. And Mm. we live in a society where people love to be honored, but like, Mm. I don't think that that's always the, that's not always the end game for me. You know what I mean? Like I may never get an award for doing show of hands, but I'm serving kids. And I think that, that service goes much farther than accolades. Yeah. Or like absolutely. public recognition. So absolutely start by serving. And when you serve, you also learn what the real needs are. So too often we may have an idea that isn't something that can be implemented because it's coming from a particular perspective. So mm-hmm. it's okay to serve, learn what people need, learn what people in your community are asking for, learn what the women or the students in your area actually need If it mirrors your idea, awesome. If not, it's okay to fine tune things, you know, be having a racer to your own ideas, because I definitely know I've transitioned a lot of the things that I've wanted to do based Mm -hmm. on the needs assessments that I make. And I make often because I don't want to just do things to do it. I actually want to have an impact. So 
you know, get in there and, and figure out how you can listen to people's ideas and perspectives and build community in an authentic way. Mm-hmm. And for me, what that looks like is being honest, transparent. Um, I don't have it all together. I let people know that I don't have it all together. I tell my students all the time about my first couple of jobs out of college when I was living, you know, check to check, not because I had bills, but because I was just wasting money, you know, and be honest with people about your journey that connects them to you in a real way, because no one wants to feel like the person leading them is a know-it-all. We're all making mistakes. We're all trying things for the fifth time because it didn't work. (laughs) It's okay. And it's Mm -hmm. okay to be um, honest about that because it'll encourage someone else to make mistakes and be a little messy knowing that God gives us grace to clean it all up. Mm -hmm. That's good. Now, what are some of your favorite, like you talk about self-development, what are some of your favorite books, podcasts, resources for self-development? So for books, I would say I read Beth Moore's Breaking Free there are tons of discussion questions on the back. That book, in my mind, is one of the best books I've ever read because it talks about generational lines. It talks about things that you have encountered and gone through. Everyone has something they need to break free from. Mm, okay. And we can be very honest with ourselves and say, how often are we actively working towards emotional and spiritual freedom? I don't know. We do that as much as we probably should. So definitely breaking free. Um, there's a book of poems that I always come back to by Tracy K. Smith, and that's called Life on Mars. And she talks about death Mm -hmm. and she looks at the solar system as a way to describe death. It's vastness, it's darkness. It's so huge, but beautiful and terrifying. And it may seem kind of weird that like a book of poems is a resource for me in terms of self-development, but I often think about just how connected we are to the world that we live in. Mm -hmm. And for me, that book just really resonates. Um, Let me think of some more. Oh, there's a book called Why Writers Write. That is fantastic. So if you're a writer and you're listening, that's a really, really good book to pick up on. There's just like little essays in there from different writers. And I think think my favorite one was by Stephen King, I think. Mm. I'm looking at my bookcase as I answer this question. <laughs> um, and then what is the name of, oh, the Strengths Finder. If you've oh. never taken the Strengths Finder test, I am not being paid to say this. I wish I were. <laughs> but I think that that is so important. Mm. If you're a young person and you're listening, take that test. Mm. I'd even buy a book for a listener. That, that's how dead serious I am about people like reading that book because when you can identify your strengths and you go through the book and it gives you those descriptions I think back to your question about purpose you will come into alignment so strategic is one of my strengths Mm. a program director I have to be strategic you know so those hard skills I don't know if they should do that in high school actually because it's very very helpful and then the last thing is a day designer Um, I love my day designer. It's a life management tool slash planner. The first couple of pages are absolutely fantastic. You can set goals. You can write out your big picture plan for your life. There's a portion where it's um, asking you what your purpose is, your strengths are, your interests. And as you go through the first couple of pages, it'll narrow down Mm -hmm. your interest and really help you navigate. Like, where can I move forward? 
So I think that that's a great tool and a resource for anyone that's looking to synthesize all of the aspects of their lives to bring bring themselves to a, a clear center. That's good. Thank you so much for sharing. Definitely some things I have to check out. <laughs> you just said definitely, definitely. Now, I know we talked about your vision in five years and 10 years, but I want to ask, you know, we're in 2019 and often when we start the year, we say, you know, it's going to be a great year. And, and I'm all for that. I'm all for believing the best out of your years, your days, all of that. Um, so I want to ask what your personal vision for the rest of 2019 is. That's such a wild question because we're in June, right? Yes, mm-hmm. June 1. Mm-hmm. Um, we're in the middle. So my vision for 2019 was build. Well, that was my word. Okay. And I want to continue to build the things that I've created. Okay. As a creative, I think you can get caught in the wheelhouse of always making and not building. Mm. So I want to build on what I've already built. That's good. Okay. And it sounds kind of crazy, but if I have this platform, how can I increase engagement or how can I like widen the conversation? So I want to finish my book. I'll be putting that out before the end of the year. I'm very excited about that. That's awesome. Um, I will get through my mid program review for my doctorate program, which is major because I'm in the middle. Oh, that's awesome. You know, so shout out to the first generation anything in your family whether it's like bachelor's master's doctorate like we're all trying to do it so that is something that I'm working towards but I want the rest of my year to be um fruitful and I want it to really reflect increase Mm -hmm. I recently I posted this on Facebook but I got text messages a couple weeks ago and people had sent me a photo of an article that I wrote 10 years ago wow and I literally forgot that I wrote this article for this little Christian magazine. And mm-hmm. so I say that to say, sometimes you have to let the fruit mature. Mm-hmm. I want the rest of my year really to just be about picking the fruit from the seeds I planted. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. there's nourishment in that. And I didn't realize it until those messages came back to me and something I wrote 10 years ago ministered to me that day. And I'm like, wow, I need to be <laughs> off of my own fruit right that came from the seeds I planted in faith wow that's good so I want to close out the year like that I I really feel very blessed this has been a good year um I've done a a lot of a lot of things but I just want to enjoy and um kind of savor it to be honest because I know that the next couple of years will be probably much different so you got to know when to thank God for the moment thank God for the space you have thank God for the resources you have because in the next year, I could be doing so much more or something different. Yeah, that's good. Thank you so much. When I tell you I enjoyed <laughs> this interview, you dropped so many, so many gems. And thank you for sharing your wisdom. I mean, I have learned so much and I know that the listener got in their entire life. So thank you. Thank you for what you do. Um, thank you for the work that you've been doing, whether it be on your own, on yourself and the work you've been doing uh, with your community. I mean, the impact that you're making is is really, really amazing to, to see and to hear about. And I can't wait to see how your life unfolds. I definitely want to have you back <laughs> to, to talk on the show and to talk about where you are in your process. So hopefully... Um, you'll be accepting the invitation again. Um, so yeah, thank you. 
You're so welcome. Yes, I obviously would. I love this so much. So I'm thankful that you reached out to me. I hope this blesses someone, anybody that's in the middle of any situation, focus forward, fall forward, fail forward because you're moving and honor the movement of your life. I appreciate you so much. And I think that you're doing a fantastic job. I listened to multiple episodes of your podcast and I was impressed with every single one. So what you're doing is very necessary. Don't take that lightly because you're really like just establishing voices for people of all circumstance to connect with, you know, and, and I get a lot out of what you're doing as well. So thank you so much. Thank you. So where, when people hear this and they want to connect with you, where can they find you? I am on everything. That's a good idea, bad thing. <laughs> but you can follow me. My personal Twitter is Erica, E-R-I-K-A underscore Kimberly. Uh, the To Be Praised account on all platforms is just at To Be Praised. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you want to email me, you can email me at Erica, E-R-I-K-A Stanley03 at gmail.com. Awesome. Thank you, Erica. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day. And I can't wait to talk to you soon. Yes, ma'am. Bye, mm-hmm. Waking up in the morning, I can't remember yesterday you enjoyed that conversation. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I enjoyed having the conversation and re-listening to the conversation. I really, really got so much out of it. And I hope you did too. If you did, I would love to hear all about it. Um, I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat at Emma. Also, you can send an email to takeashotpodcast at gmail.com. Listen, if you like what you hear on this podcast, if you enjoy this podcast, then I definitely invite you to do a couple of things. And the first of them would be to subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, and then also rate and review this podcast. Hopefully it's a positive review, but rate and review this podcast also on Apple Podcasts. And then lastly, share it with someone. If you you know enjoy the conversation, you enjoy the content, and you really feel like it's been a blessing, then make sure you share it with your family and your friends as well. Thank you so much for listening. As always, you already know I love you. I appreciate you. And as always, I can't wait to talk to you in the next episode. Bye, guys. My sophomore year I my broken heart You were my biggest fear And then you watched me run out Of all the right things to say Still finding reasons to stay with you Give you a call